0: This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ableist comfort zone. Hello, listeners, welcome back. Or, welcome for your first time, if it's your first time, this is episode 5 of Disabled Girls Who Lift. My name is Marcia and I'm from South Florida. Hey y'all, it's Mary Beth from California. And joining us
1: today, we have our guest, Von Devar. Some of you might know her as Legless Lifter on Instagram. Absolute badass. She was a left-below-the-knee amputee in 2013, left above the knee amputee in 2017, right above the knee, and bilateral above the knee in 2019, June of this year. Um, she's on her on her road to 2020 Paralympic Games. We'll talk about that um, timeline for her, as well as the 52 sports in 52 days. Holy shit! That includes boxing, strongman, powerlifting, swimming, kayaking, paddleboarding, canoeing, Oh, my God. All of the all of the all seasons the you can think of and all of the sports within those. We are so excited
2: to have her join. Welcome. And thank you, Vaughn. Hi, everybody. This is Vaughn. Um, thank you guys so much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I just thought I would start off by telling you guys a little bit about my journey and how I got to where I am today. Uh, most people wonder, oh, well, how did she lose her legs? Was she a diabetic? Did she lose them in a bomb? Did a shark bite them off? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, that's what I say when, about my hands. <laughs> and then when I when I tell them, they're like, what? No way! So here's the what no way for you guys. When I was seven years old, I was attacked by a pit bull dog below the knee on my left leg. Back in the 70s and 80s, they didn't amputate. So over the course of 33 years. I went through 23 major surgeries trying to fix what was completely broken. Um, My left leg was six inches shorter than my right. I never had a special shoe to make me even. So my gait was crooked. And um, at age 40, in 2013, I went for my annual checkup with my vascular surgeon. Friday, I mean, sorry, Wednesday, May the 3rd, 2013, I had a vascular ultrasound. The tech stopped in the middle of it and said, I'll be right back. She's what gone for hell? about 20 minutes. And I was like, what the fuck is going on so. here? Then the doctor came in and I knew this is not good. And he said to me, Vaughn, we got two choices here. We can do this this Friday or next Friday. Ugh. And I said, do what? And he said, we need to amputate below the knee because your foot's dead. And I said, holy shit, can you get my husband? He's in the lobby. He's playing video games on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, uh, which should have been done 20 years ago. Yeah. Which yeah, uh-huh. I was done when I was seven, because if it would have happened today, I would have been amputated and life would have been great because I would have just lived my life as an amputee. Yeah. So I chose the following Friday, which was May the 10th, which I probably should have just chose that Friday because then I had nine days to think about or seven days to think about Damn. getting this done. So I had my amputation below the knee in 2013. And of course, anybody that is an amputee will tell you, you go through depression, anxiety, self-doubt, some suicidal tendencies, not that you're going to act through it. you just like, I don't want to live anymore. This is it. My life is over. And you eat a bunch of food and you gain a wh- bunch of weight. And for me, I got up to 315 pounds in a year. One day I looked in the mirror and I didn't know who I was. And I was like, holy shit, I'm a big fat butterball turkey. And I need to do something about it. So uh, my son, who was getting ready for the Army, said to me, Mom, why don't we go to this gym up the road? So we went down there and we joined the gym. And they had unlimited fitness classes. They had a special 10 box, unlimited fitness classes, one free personal training. I was like, mm, show me up. 10 bucks if I don't go it's 10 bucks (laughs) so the first day I went I walked in there and I met uh, some amazing trainers that were just like hey if you need any help from us just ask us we're not going to charge you you know we understand what you're going through not physically understand but we could see that you really want to lose weight and get back into your life so I started doing TRX classes and cardio Kickboxing and
0: Zumba. Zumba was my thing. Yeah,
2: I yeah. signed up for Zumba. Let me tell you,
0: I went to 5 a.m. Zumba. Oh jeez. 11 a.m. I'm fucking around with Zumba over here. <laughs> well, you legit but, burned shit to the calories. <laughs> you know, but
2: you know what? That helped. That helped get off the weight that I had gained. So it I lost like 88 pounds in like six months. Like wow. just cardio my booty off. Yeah. And then my friends were like, let's do a 5K. And I was like, I can't do a 5K amputee. And I don't have one of those special things that I've seen on the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Those things are like $15,000. not happening. My friend said, listen, if the worst thing happens is, is we walk. Let's just go do it. So I signed up for my first 5K. Got out there. We jogged a little. We walked a little. Jogged a little bit more. I was like, hey, this isn't so bad. And I finished. So. Jeez. You know, That's I ended up trip. signing up for, like, with a regular prosthetic foot,
0: oh, 10
2: 5Ks, a couple 10Ks, and then I did the Disney Half Marathon. Wow. Oh, Never, my God. Because I'm crazy. But the funny thing about that, and I'll tell you in a minute, is so while I was in the gym, I noticed a bunch of kids in the corner deadlifting and, and you know, doing this the big three, the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. But, man, I see those kids over there all the time. I want to know what's going on. So I go over there. And by the way, these kids are actually friends of mine now. I go over there and I'm like, hey, what are you guys up to? And they're like, we're powerlifting. We're getting ready for a meet. I said, well, so what is powerlifting? And the kid says, you know, you squat, which is this movement. And this guy's like deadlift is this movement. And the bench is over there. And I said, oh, that looks really fun. And he goes, don't worry about it. You probably can't do it. Oh, fuck oh, you. <laughs> was like, the fuck Call them out. <laughs> They're your friends now. Call them out. <laughs> now, you know who these boys are from USF powerlifting Team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I just marched my booty right up to the front desk of that gym. And luck was on my side that day because the manager's name is Willie. And I said, Willie, I need a powerlifting coach. I want to try this. And he said, well... I'm partnering up with Eric Talman, who, by the way, is the godfather of raw powerlifting. And we're opening up a gym in Riverview. And we'd love for you to come down and train with us for free. We'll help you. So that was the beginning of my journey. Damn. Wait, so this was all in 2013 still? This this, at this point was in 2014,
1: yeah. Okay, so it's still within the same year.
2: Yeah. And In in the first year, I went from, hey, let's be a cardio queen to, you know what? This powerlifting stuff is fun. I'm going to do it. And then I got introduced to uh, David Bates, who owns Powerlifting Watch, who kept all the records for all the Mm -hmm. powerlifting across the world in every federation. So he came out. He had this really cool machine that measures the distance and the time of your deadlift. From the time that you pick it up to the time you finish the lift, it measures the time. It measures where the movement is the fastest, where it's short, and it helps you figure out how to improve your deadlift yeah there, mm-hmm. and you know i you know we I, I don't know if you keep a journal when you guys left, but I've kept the journal of every lift I've ever made in the gym, you know the three by three by ninety yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> so I have my journal still, and my first bench press was ninety eight pounds, and it was hard, <laughs> like holy crap, and you know my p r before my um bilateral amputation was two ninety. Can you go wow. oh. 98 pounds in 2014 to 2018-19 with a 290 PR? If he yeah. doesn't believe they can lift weight, they're losing their mind.
0: Yeah, My absolutely.
2: first guess was 125. I ended with a great PR of 350. I and really it was all good. because I had proper training. I learned proper technique and I never gave up. Even when I went from a BK to an AK, which was, powerlifting. <laughs> so in 2017, I was living in Denver, Colorado for my job. And I was training at a 24 hour access gym, went in there on a snowy day, didn't think about the snow packed in my foot shell. From- uh. So I'm squatting. It's five, five, five thirty in the morning. There's only one other guy. And he's he, like me, we both have our headsets on jamming out. I'm squatting lightweight 125 on the bar. And as I'm warming up, the snow starts melting. And I think it was maybe on my fifth or sixth squat that my foot slipped on that wet water. Mm. My pocket- mm. And I went straight down with the bar on my back on oh. my knee
0: of oh, my jacket. Geez.
2: And literally laid there screaming for the poor guy with his headphones on. And, and he finally turned around and was like holy shit came over took the bar off of me he's like can you stand up I said dude my knee hurts so bad I don't know what's going on and he literally thankfully was like 380 pounds probably squatting 700 picked <laughs> me up carried me to his car and drove me the 32 miles it was oh, oh shit emergency oh. because I lived in the mountains at the time oh shit. and When I got there, they said, guess what? You have shattered your entire kneecap and we can replace it. But because you're an amputee, probably not a good idea because it cannot uh, artificial knee will not be able to sustain the uh, weight that you put on it. That makes it attached to your prosthetic leg. And therefore, we'll probably need to go above the knee. At that point, I was like, "Can you fix me up so I can get back home to Florida? Because my vascular surgeon's there, and I'm not letting anybody I don't know operate Mm-mm, on me." Exactly. Yeah, never. Mm-hmm. So they put me in a leg swing, got me fixed up. I flew to Florida the very next week, and on July 17th, 2017, became a left below a left above the knee amputee, LAKA. Damn. And I, you know, I'm like, I'm a badass, right? I'm thinking this, this is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And, and then I go, you know, I had my amputation. I was hammering them. Please let me get a prosthetic. And they're like, well, you know, you need to wait like nine to 16 weeks. And I was like, I don't have time. I've got, I've got, i got shit to
0: do I got places to That's be.
2: I got the Arnold in March. I do not have time for you people. And they're like, okay. <laughs> So my doctor says to me, I'll make a deal with you. I will sign the prescription for six weeks out if you promise me that you're not going to lift heavy. And let me explain to you why. Even though your scars are healed, your bone is still tender from the skull cut. Mm -hmm. And we don't want you to get a split in the bone. And Mm -hmm. I I was like, all right. So I walked for the first time on August 30th, which happens to be my birthday. So literally... You know, from July 17th to August 30th, I was up on a prosthetic. Yeah, within a month. 20th. Yes. Crazy, crazy. I mean, even the prostheticists are like, you're out of your mind. But I got and back how into how was the
1: physical gym. therapy the first time around 2013? How long did that take you? Um, I
2: became an amputee on May 10th, and I walked on June 21st. Damn. So,
0: thank
2: you. Okay. so I, I do have a fast healing body. I am blessed with that. Thank you for DNA and God, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, So I got on my AK leg and I started right back at the gym, like September 1st, and started busting my butt, training, doing whatever I could to get back in the game. I had decided that I was going to do the Thanksgiving throwdown that year. I mean, I was like, hey, it's going to happen. And I didn't do the Thanksgiving throwdown because as an AK, it's a lot harder yeah. to even how to... So Sit down with a bar in your hands for a deadlift, let alone picking it back up without hitting your butt. And what kind but, of knee did your prosthetic have? So I ended up getting what's called a kx six, a mechanical knee. And my prostheticist at that time told me, This is gonna be the best for you because it's you're gonna be hard on it. If you go straight for a microprocessor which costs anywhere from thirty to seventy five thousand dollars, you're gonna break that thing in the gym. Mm-hmm. So he says, this thing is like 3700 to $4,000. And when you're ready, you'll get a microprocessor. But we'll start off with this knee, And uh, I was fortunate enough to have 50 Legs, which is a charity here in Florida that helps amputees get
0: prosthetics. Buy oh, that. Oh, nice. Holy crap. So
2: that, yeah. So that I could save the Medicare money for the $35,000. Exactly. Prosthesis. That's awesome. only like you get one leg, you know. Yeah. So it's, you buy uh, a thirty seven thousand hundred dollar leg or thirty seven thousand dollar leg with your medicare i'm gonna go with the more expensive one and even if i had to go fund me or crowd raise the money myself i would have done it because you know that's a big big difference but the positive was i had to learn how to walk with a mechanical knee and with that means you have to work harder you have to flex your quad you have to flex your hamstring you have to tighten your entire thigh every step you take and make a kicking motion so that you can create the kick in the, in the knee itself to, to walk. So, you know, I did that. And, uh, on December 18th or whatever, the American barbell in Gainesville was having a Christmas ugly sweater deadlift party. (laughs) And I went there and I deadlifted.
1: Hell yeah.
2: And I was like, I'm back. I'm not great, but I'm fucking back. And that was, that was all that mattered to me. So I was able to do, in 2018, Battle of the Bay. And I also competed in the Arnold Disabled Strongman Competition in Columbus, Ohio in March. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Followed up with the Gen in 2018. And after, th- I fell at the Gen deadlifting. And it was because my leg was too big, because I had lost more weight, because I actually burned more calories as an AK than as a BK, because you work harder to walk. And so I decided I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to compete for the rest of this year in 2018. While that was happening, I was also having problems with my right leg. And I thought, why, can, why am I having all these problems with my right leg? I mean, healthy, nothing's happened to us. And my doctor said that over 33 years, of over, actually at that point, 40 plus years of overcompensating on my right leg, I had created vascular disease to spread to my right leg. So I was beginning Jesus. to have neuropathy in my foot, and at first I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna ride this out. I'm just gonna. Did you I'm, feel any pain
1: at all? Or it took a doctor I,
2: visit to find out? I, I was feeling tingling, you know that. pins and needles, asleep, neuropathy things. pain. Yeah, but it was happening like an hour consistently, and I was like, dude, this isn't normal. This isn't your foot fall asleep for an hour.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But so when they told me, well, we're probably gonna have to amputate at some point. I said, do I have to do it now? And they said, no, you still have some feelings. So I was like, I'm going to ride this shit out. I'm going to lift as much as I can, as often as I can, until that time comes and I'm going to have to lose my leg, my right leg did they provide other options? It's, it's really
1: funny because before this, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, they'd have been like, no, amputee is not an, o- amputation is not an option at no. all. And now they're <laughs>
2: providing that as every
1: single option.
2: So I did try a bunch of different options. I got on a bunch of uh, nerve medicine that was supposed to decrease the neuropathy. Um, I got my sugar checked. You know, I am a diabetic. And when I was diagnosed, my A1C was like 10.1, but for the past year and a half, it's been under, under 6.5. So 6.4, 6.1. So I've got my diabetes in check. I got my diet in check. So, you know, I'm, I, at this point, you know, I'm a, I'm a lifter. You're a lifter. We all work on our bodies, our diets, what we're putting in there. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually very conscious about sustainability, GMOs, Mm -hmm. uh, pesticide free, range free, you know, every hormone free. I'm like all of those things. That's what I do. And, um, So I decided, yeah, I'm going to ride this shit out. Well, one day I was lifting in the gym and my foot fell asleep. I couldn't feel it. So as I'm picking up the bar, I felt nothing and I just fell. And I realized that, you know, this isn't going to work. So I went to discuss the whole surgical options with the surgeon. And the first thing he says to me is, you know what? We can try these stents where we put these stents in your arteries to open them up to allow the flow. But we can't guarantee that they'll stick. And I said, okay, so what happens if I have the surgery and you put stents in my arteries and my veins, what happens if it doesn't stick? He goes, well, we could do the surgery. We can continue to do the surgery until it works. I said, so you're talking three or four major surgeries to try to fix this, right? And I said to myself, you know what? I have been through 28 plus surgeries as a child to my adulthood to the amputation. Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying that because if the end result still ends up being amputation.
0: Yeah, it's not worth it. Exactly.
2: Why would I want to put myself through all of these surgeries, be out on rehab, physically laid in bed for weeks? Back off? and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And so I said to him, I said, you know what,
0: let's just do this. Let's just, you know, cut and it the, off. The other thing about the stents also, because that was something uh, my vascular doctor talked to me about as well. And he's like, well, you know what, if we do this, we're going to mess with the like integrity of how your veins were and it's going to be, you know, altered for your life. So like, that's all, the other part of it. It's like, okay, am I going to fuck up my veins now and maybe fix it or do yeah. I just go all the way in? And that's where <laughs> I was. I felt like yeah. I was so
2: invested in the situation that it was like, every time you open me up, I'm risking myself to infection, yeah. to any other kind of danger to my body. So you know what? I'm just, let's just cut it off. Mm-hmm. So we agreed that I would become an RBKA and <laughs> scheduled the surgery for the twenty third of June of two thousand nineteen.
1: I love that it was your
2: personal choice though. I mean yes, definitely know. was. Like,
0: yeah, you hey, definitely have a good guy on your side because exactly. it's not even
2: yeah. He didn't force me. He gave me options and he let me make my own decisions at the end of the day.
0: That's how it should be.
2: And I'm a fortunate amputee because people who wake up from a car accident, IUD or whatever, they wake up, they were not able to prepare themselves mentally and physically, emotionally, not just themselves, but the people around them who are all freaking out because you're telling them, you know, what do you mean they're cutting your other leg off? Can't they do something? But I had to explain myself to them and explain to them the damage I was going to do to myself if I continued to take all these surgeries. And the end result was still going to be the same. And I had to explain to themselves that I'm tired of being in pain. I'm Mm -hmm. tired of dealing with neuropathy. I am tired of all of this. So uh, on June 23rd, I'm in the uh, OR prepped, IV in my arm. Dr. Johnson comes in, and looks at me, and he goes, I just read your chart. Are you sure we said BKA? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Don't course do that. I'm sure. And he goes, you're a power lifter. I, I designed your amputation based on you lifting heavy weight on your uh, Shit. Let me tell you something right now, young lady. You're going to be uneven. That means <laughs> you're going to be putting so much stress on your right leg all over again. And when you, not if you fall, when you fall again, you might shatter that kneecap and be right back in here. He says, so I'm going to tell you right now, I'm recommending that we go AKA right off the bat. Mm. Let me tell you what, back, you're going to be perfectly balanced for the first time in your life since you were seven years old. Your legs are going to be the same exact size and height. That means when you start walking, your gait's going to be perfect. If yes. you're a BKA on one side and AKA on the other, you're going to have a little bit more difficulty learning to walk when you put your legs on because you're, you're not even, you're, you're kind of cockeyed when you swim, what's going to happen with your buoyancy. You're still going to tip to the right.
1: So our listeners know BK is uh, below the knee.
2: Yes. Um, AKA is above the knee,
1: still bilateral and on the right side.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I decided right there, I was like, all right, go for it. Of course, my husband was like, what? No, because, (laughs) As a non-amputee, uh-huh. they're saying, oh, my God, you're losing more of your body. Uh-huh. Yeah. The science behind it made total sense to me as an amputee that I was like, just do it. Let's just get the shit over with. I want to go home and start learning to walk again.
1: And it'll keep you in the game. He cares about your... That
2: guy's yeah. on it. It's... Yeah. I mean, he's been my... I mean, that medical... That vascular group has been my vascular group since the first amputation. I've had different surgeons because the previous ones left, but they've all been on the same team and they've all been part of my care from the beginning. So they know who I am. This isn't just like, Oh, a random doctor showed up and said something. This is like, they (laughs) know my history. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what my goals are and what I want to do with my life. And based on that, he makes this amputation designed personally for me, not just I'm willing into the room and the guy's cutting a leg off like he does every Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, rounded, rounded the corners, uh, rounded the edges of uh, my, my bone so they were smooth and round so that if I do fall on my stump while I'm just around the house, that it's not going to make a straight impact and could cause a splinter or a split because it's rounded. Right. So there was a lot of things involved, and, and, you know, I could go on about that forever. But um, I'm just going to fast forward really quickly um, to I got out of the hospital And I knew that I wanted to get a hysterectomy this year, too. So I scheduled one in August. Um, I've got pretty big biceps. They're about 19 inches around, both of them. And I have not been able to use a blood pressure cuff on them for years. So I consistently, when I go to the doctor, get my blood pressure taken with a forearm cuff. When I went into the hysterectomy that morning, I went into the surgery with the forearm cuff for my blood pressure on my right forearm hysterectomy lasted four hours i woke up i thought i'm gonna be feeling a little bit of cramping some mm. menstrual you know issues i was screaming what the fuck did you do to my arm mm. i felt like somebody cut my biceps out and i found out that the anesthesiologist assistant made it took it upon herself to leave the or get bicep cuff left the bicep cup on my left arm for three and a half hours during surgery <laughs> and my right arm for an hour and a half compressing every minute. Guess what I got? While you are asleep. My- While I was asleep they gave me rhabdo. Wow. So if you know what rhabdomyolysis is it is the breakdown <sighs> is the muscle the protein in your muscles. Uh, famous Dana Lynn Bailey recently came out this year that she had rhabdomyolysis caused by overused steroids. So mm-hmm. my first panic was you got rhabdo, people are going to think you use steroids. That's not possible if you're going to the Olympics. You can't take anything. You can get tested any chance that can happen. They can call you right now and say, meet me in an hour, pee in a cup, we're testing you. Right. So I'm like, okay. So I asked them, how the hell did I get it if I'm not doing anything wrong? And they told me the blood pressure cuff basically broke down the muscles. The average CPK level, which is your creatine, protein, mm. something level in a normal human being is one hundred and twenty to two hundred and sixty eight. Mine was three thousand
0: nine hundred and ninety seven. Off the That's fucking charts. Crazy. And who needs to check a blood pressure every minute? I don't know. They do that in surgery. That's weird. I didn't know. Me yeah, either.
2: they you anytime they, they did not listen.
1: Yeah, to but putting the, the pressure cuffs on your
2: wrist. Just to say, there is definitely a lawsuit happening oh, because I ended up going into rehab. I could not even lift my fingers or even my arm up the first three days. Nothing. I had no the the my arms hurt so bad. And, and you were just
1: in there for a hysterectomy.
2: Yeah, you are know, you know, only not, supposed to
1: stay for one, one night.
2: Up at one time that way, while I'm healing my stumps, I can heal from the hysterectomy. So when I go get my leg. And, and the plan was now to Now you have on. all this bicep shit. Like, what the <laughs> heck? So, uh, my, my goal God. was, like, the week after his me was to fly up to Oklahoma City where I get my prosthetics from a company called Martin Bionics. Uh, they sponsor me. Um, so, they provide me my prosthetics at no cost for my athletic abilities to use their sockets. Um, but I couldn't go. So, I had to postpone until um, October. In the meantime, I was in rehab. My arms, I couldn't even lift a three-pound dumbbell. When I'm pressing 75-pound dumbbells on a regular, I couldn't lift a three-pound dumbbell. So here we go again. Am I going to go to the Paralympic Games? I don't know. I'm not at 100%. I can't even bench 100 pounds right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But you know what? Anything's possible with the grace of God and my mindset. That I might still can go, but I need to be benching three something to go. <laughs>
0: you don't want a poverty bench. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, this happened
1: I, in August. How's yeah. how's it all going now? You're going through phys- a lot of physical therapy. I see like um all of the vi- videos on Instagram.
2: Yeah, so I am uh, going through physical therapy, but not for my arms. That's for my legs. Right. I'm doing my own physical therapy for my arms myself at home and in the gym. And I'm doing that by doing the same thing we do as as lifters. You know, you start out with low weight with high reps, and then you get that low, that low weight becomes light, and then you add weight and you continue to do high reps. So I would say I'm at about 70% Mm -hmm. back into my, my bench press and my, and my arm, dead dumbbell press, anything to do with my arm. I got my legs last week, I came home last week after being in Oklahoma for three weeks. Um, so I got my legs and I'm obviously walking with the walker and I think that probably by the end of this year, I'll be done with the walker. But in the meantime, I am going in the gym with those prosthetics. I am rocking it as far as trying to figure out how to deadlift again and how to, um, be a power lifter. You know, you are back
0: in the gym again. Yeah. So do you have a coach still or are you just kind of winging it or?
2: I am so blessed. I have like, Five
0: coaches. (laughs)
2: Um, I work with. I work out with Tony Conyers. If you don't know who he is, he's you know sixty year old, one of the strongest men in the world with over twelve hundred pound total powerlifting raw. (laughs) He just set a bunch of world records. Yeah. Um, Richard Fika, owner of Gorilla Bench Training Center, over six hundred pound bench in the top forty of all time bench presses um jen robsinger one of the strongest women in the world in the 123 pound class she just went and represented the united states at world for the ipl um so i've got jen i've got tony i've got rich um i've got my friend josh davis who's an olympic powerlifter who's going to start helping me learn about olympic lifting why not olympic great lifting shit Yeah. yeah So, Uh, you know, Andrew Yarracuda, who is a coach for Unbound Barbell, he taught me how to squat. So we're going to get back into that game soon. Mm. Um, He's also a judge for the USPA, the APF, IPL. So um, I've been blessed with these, you know, amazing lifters and influences in the powerlifting community from the beginning from,
0: you know, 20 years ago. He's, and you just kind of just magically fell into that. It wasn't yeah. even.
2: <laughs> and I was, I, like I said, Eric Talman, who's, you know, now a retired, but um, he was my first powerlifting coach. And, you know, I, I went to RUM9, which is, you know, oh no gosh. longer. Being called RUM RUM about about RUM. And I got to compete in RUM9, you know. um Anyway, so between that and I have a, a full gym at home. That I'm able to work out if I cannot get to Gorilla Bench or you know, Strong Life or get to Powerhouse. But um, that leads me into this conversation that you've been dying to hear about 52 sports and 52 <laughs> weeks. Yeah, what, Biola-
0: what are you doing? What's happening? No. <laughs> this last year, at,
2: in December of last year, at the FIBO Fitness Expo, I met a gentleman called Paul Brown, Mr. Retention. And he interviewed me for his podcast about ah. being a sister. And he hands me his business card on the back of it. It says 52 sports in 52 weeks. And I said, What's this? And he explained to me that him and a bunch of guys to raise money for charity committed to doing 52 sports in 52 weeks. And they did it all in Brazil. And every week they did a different sport. So they literally either commuted to Brazil from Australia or stayed there for vast the lengths of time. And they did 52 sports in 52 weeks. Mm. And you know, here I am thinking, what? I want to do that. And he says to me, this is when I was still in L-A-K-A. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's start thinking about it. Let's project it for 2020, find the sports, do all those things. And I said, fine. When I became a bilateral, he sent me a lot of, you know, encouraging messages on Facebook private messenger just let me know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm rooting you on whenever I'd make a post or or do anything, he would always comment, we're behind you. So I was sitting in that hospital bed and I thought, you know what? I'm still gonna fucking do it as a bilateral amputee. And that means it's gonna be really fucking hard because I hardly can walk right now. But yeah. I think that anybody that is disabled can honestly testimonial say goals get me going. If I have a goal, then I know that I'm going to do it. My mom used to say men need a purpose and women need a reason.
0: Mm. And
2: I used to think about that all the time and think, I don't know what she's talking about, but now I get it. You know, I need a reason to live. I need a reason to get out of bed every day. And that reason is to prove to other people all over the world that just because I'm disabled doesn't mean I'm not a person. Definitely. And I know you ladies feel the same way because you know what that is all about. And my message is I might be I might not finish I might not make it in place in a race. I might be the last one, but I did it. So I am the turtle and you can be the hare, but damn <laughs> it, I'm going <laughs> to damn race. No matter what it finish. is. It, you know, it could be as far as me taking this walker today and put my legs on and walking from here to the sidewalk. I'm going to do it. And there's a reason that I'm going to do it. And it's not just for me it is, you know, all of us disabled women and men need to stick together and send the same messages just because I'm missing an arm, a leg, a couple arms, a couple legs or all of those things. That doesn't mean I'm not equal to you because mm-hmm. I'm still a person. I still have feelings and emotions and I still feel pain and joy and happiness. I just have to do it in a different level. And if that means it takes me three hours to get ready every day to leave the house because I got to put my damn legs on, then that's what I got to do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean.
1: And I mean, everybody should live by that. You are your own competition. I don't know why, like, especially in sports like powerlifting, strongman you are breaking your own personal records. Yeah, you have other people competing in your weight class all around the world, all around the nation, but you will always be who you're competing against. Exactly. I
2: I have agreed with that because I met a woman when I was getting my legs that I had to give her the My Journey speech. Mm -hmm. I'm on my own journey. You're on your own journey. (laughs) Where we end up on that journey doesn't matter. I hope to intersect with your journey at one time in life, even if it's just to give you that motivation to continue your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I was squatting at the gym one day and there was a guy on my team. His name is Ethan. And I did a motivational Monday. I was in tears and I said, I'm in pain and I want to quit. I want to go home, but I remember why I'm here. And so I'm going to keep on doing it. I mean, I, I, really was 100% vulnerable on this live (laughs) Facebook video, so I could wipe my tears and hide it. But I posted it and I was happy about that. And I finished squatting for the night. I was in so much pain. I took my leg off right there in the gym and got in my wheelchair and rolled out. I got home that night and Ethan sent me a message and said, Hey, Vaughn, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a veteran and I was in Iraq and I sustained a lot of damage to my spinal cord and my hips and my lower back uh,
0: oh, during
2: that situation. And I live in pain, he said, mm-hmm. and I was squatting tonight and I was ready to just say, fuck this, I'm going home. And I glanced over to the right and I saw you. And he mm-hmm. said, if this bitch is going to keep squatting, I got to keep squatting. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. It's about, I motivated him that night, right? Yeah. And there's days that I go and there's a guy named Andy Burnt that competes in the USPA and he doesn't have any use of either one of his legs. He's a veteran. Mm-hmm. And he gets out there and he's benching and does sled hockey. So I always tell him, you're my accountability partner, dude. If I go on Facebook and you are bitching about your life, I'm going to say something. And if <laughs> I get on Facebook and I start bitching about how I want to quit powerlifting and I want to stop doing all this stuff, I need you to call me up and tell me, have you lost your damn mind, lady? And you
0: know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know yeah. I don't
2: know if a lot of if you guys believe in God and it's okay if you don't because I do believe in God and I you know I believe that you know I don't just believe this; I was told this that I have the favor of the Lord on my side obviously right. I mean I've been through hell and back and I'm still kicking so somebody's holding me up and uh, Tony Conyers came to see me in the hospital after my second amputation and asked me was I done crying and I said what
0: said, are you done
2: crying and I was like I, I guess. And he goes, good, because you got work to do. God put you on this planet and he has a plan for you. And that plan is to show people that you can't sit on the couch and say, I'm not going to the gym today because my, I, I hurt my back picking up a pencil off the floor at work today. Or,
0: mm. you know, so my guilty.
2: shoulder's hurt or, you know, oh, my whole body aches, I'm, I'm recovering from the flu. So fucking what? I'm in the gym missing a leg or both my legs now. You're missing an arm. She's missing, you know, two legs and an arm. She's got a invisible illness called fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. You can't see her pain. So when you're in the parking lot and you see somebody get out of her car in the handicapped spot and you think, damn, that bitch is tight. She's healthy. She's got a fit body. What the fuck is she doing? Yeah, exactly. I- do you know what her bones feel like? Does she have brittle bone? If you touch her, it might break her arm. Does she have fibromyalgia? Does she have chronic pain, chronic back pain? There's so many disabilities out there that you cannot physically see. Pre- Stop making assumptions.
0: <laughs> yes. You know,
2: so people, if somebody is disabled, you might not be able to see it. So if those people are in the gym and they're, crying inside and oh my god I I'm gonna die and they keep going, get up off your asses and get in the gym and stop making excuses. Mm-hmm. Because if we can do it, us disabled yes. ladies who left, you can do it. Okay. So, you know, I do believe that I have lost my limbs and I've been put on this journey that I'm on to motivate, inspire and show people that dedication can get you somewhere. Consistency can get you somewhere. Believing in yourself and taking care of your body can get you somewhere. So my message Mm. that I always put out to people is it just takes one step at a time, whether you've got legs or not, because you can get there. So that's my story. You know, Um, I'm really proud to be a member of Disabled Girls Who Lift because, you know what, as long as I can put prosthetics on, I'm going to deadlift. I'm going to learn to squat. I'm going to learn to go surfing. I'm going to learn to I don't know. Fuck it. I'll ride Lots a horse. Who cares? <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I mean, there's so many things. And as I shared my story with people when I said, Hey, I'm going to go try paddleboarding," I've had so many friends of mine and supporters of mine say, when you do that one, I want to go with you. Oh. And to me, that means I am doing my job. I'm in- inspiring people to say, I'm going to get up off my couch and I'm going to go freaking skydiving with Vonda bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what and she's doing it without legs. Why can't I? So,
1: yeah. and not know. only that, like I need to applaud your support system because when you say, when you list your goals, they don't look you up and down and say, are you sure you want to go paddle boarding? Are you sure you want to ice skate? They are right by your side.
2: Yeah. And I am so blessed that I am in an awesome strength community. The one thing about strongman and powerlifting is, like you said, it's not a competition. You're your own competition. So everybody is cheering you on when you go up to that platform. Everybody's cheering you on when you try to pick up that stone or use the yoke or whatever you're doing. And it's not just those two sports. Let's talk about tennis. Let's talk about hockey. It's a team sport. But disabled people are playing it now. The Paralympics is blowing up with sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, Water volleyball. I mean, there's so much you can do. And all you have to do, the first step, is go to the United States Paralympics.gov site and look at all the sports. And then click on, where can I do this at in my town? And you might not find one in your town, and the center might be two hours away, but plan a Saturday to spend there. But as disabled people, it's our job to prove because we've already been labeled yep. unable to do mm-hmm. anything except be disabled so today I'm gonna let you know I'm not handicapped I'm handy capable there and you all go of are capable of doing what we want to do and it might take longer for you because again we're all on our own journey but as these ladies will tell you if you need help I don't care if you call me or you message me on Facebook or Skype or whatever I will take that call. I will take that message and I will listen to your story because I've been there. I've been depressed. I've been suicidal thought I've felt worthless. I have had anxiety. I have overate myself into depression and there's a way out. There's a way out. And that starts with positivity. And sometimes the people around you aren't your friends and your family because they just put you down. Yeah. But sometimes you have to identify yourself with the people that are good for you and the people are bad for you. And I can tell you right now, you can divorce your
0: family. Yeah, you can you divorce can. that oh, aunt. Distance. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: can divorce that aunt that every time you come to her house, she says, Wow, you look fat. Well, guess what, Auntie? We don't need to talk because oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can still be my aunt. I love my cousins. Your kids are great, but I don't have to sit next to you at a family function. Yeah, and
1: putting your- you in the toxic file.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're on the love you from a distance family plan. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, so if you have people
2: in your life that constantly make you feel
0: like you're not good enough or you're not
2: whole, that's the biggest thing. If you're not whole, let me tell you something. This is a shell. <laughs> Who I am inside Mm -hmm. is more than whole. I am overflowing with positivity. I am overflowing with love and hope and, you know, kindness and generosity. So if you see us out there, disabled people, (laughs) you know, offer to open the door. I might say, no, I got it. But you offering lets me know that you care and you understand that it's a struggle. So...
1: Yeah, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And if people right now are not willing to listen to you, not willing to support you, keep talking, you'll find that person who will or who will relate. So just like honestly, just like your friend at the gym.
2: Yeah. You know. And those are people you don't even know about that are watching you. So you're blessing not just the people around you that tell you you're blessed they're blessing you you're blessing them. You're blessing people you don't even know that you're touching. Because if somebody's willing to tell you, hey, you helped me today, think about all the people that are too scared or too shy or too ashamed to even say that the only reason I kept going in the gym was because the lady was one leg or the lady was no leg. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm just going to uh, say a couple more things before we end. And the first sure. thing I'm going to say is that, you know, whether you're disabled or you're not disabled, you can do anything you set your mind to. And if you really want to do it, set some goals, make realistic ones. Don't make, I want to lose 200 pounds in a month. Goal. I have a goal list and some of those goals are long-term goals. And some of those goals are simply one day goals. Um, I have a blog, it's called living my best blessed life.com. And every day I post on there and I talk about my eating habits because I do have an eating problem. I love chocolate <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't I love sweets I love chips and dip or my freaking <laughs> Gosh. yeah if somebody has chips and dips I'm done I mean I would just want to give in but um this blog for me shares shares with people my struggles my lifestyle struggles um I talk about the people that support me I talk about the people that have hurt me and you know on a daily basis those things happen but I want to share with the world that um you know it is a struggle and it I might make it look easy if you see my videos of me powerlifting or strongman or pictures and, Mm -hmm. you know, but all you're seeing is that movement right there. And in my blog, I show the, the failures, you know, fall down seven, get up eight. Those things happen. There are failures. I talk about the eating problem I have and the fact that I've been trying my hardest to eat sustainably, you know, grain free, hormone free, you know, GMO free, but more importantly, I'm trying to take care of my body because I want to live a long time to be able to spread my message to everybody. So if you are someone that is struggling, you're not alone. We're all out here. You just have to find that one person that could be your accountability partner or the shoulder that you need at any moment in time that will listen to your tears and your crying and your anger and your frustration and make sure that that person, you can do the same for them. You can listen to their strength, their struggles and their anger and their sadness and their happiness and their, you know, successes. Because when you have that person there for you, it makes it a lot easier whenever it's not going right for you to call somebody so they can remind you about the better parts of things. Like, I know you fell today. I know that your back hurts and your legs hurt. You don't want to put your prosthetics on. But remember why you're doing it for yourself. You know, and the most important thing is you have to do it for yourself, not for other people mm-hmm. it's Failure from the get go. <laughs> if you're doing it for your husband, you're probably not going to succeed. If you're doing it for your kids, I hope you succeed. But the truth of the matter is you're always going to find an excuse mm-hmm. when you do it for yourself. The only person that you disappoint the most is yourself. And that's the most disheartening feeling in the world. You know, so whenever I see chips and dip and I <laughs> know that this is not my free day, I have to. Convince myself that that's not good for you. Don't do it. And then when I do it, that is that is an achievement. I'm going to call my friend Amy up or call my husband and say, I was at this uh, great American teaching yesterday and they had big sub sandwiches and <laughs> they had pumpkin rolls and pumpkin pie and all this great spice, pumpkin spice stuff. But so yesterday was a vegetarian day for me. Yeah. So right? <laughs> the fruit.
1: That's an accomplishment
2: within itself. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm talking about. So, you know, you. I to do when I end every one of my blogs and post is CARP DM. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving let
1: it. Let me let me tell you, Vaughn, you are a lot of what we embody here. You are one hundred percent raw. We are the good, the bad and the ugly. That's a lot of what we
0: cover here. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yes, definitely. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for spreading your light. Thank you for dropping all those fantastically placed F-bombs. Just <laughs> All good stuff. All good stuff. And now <laughs> we
1: are
2: going to church. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys, it. again for having me. And you know what? I'm just going to throw one more F-bomb out there before I leave. And that's just keep fucking lifting. Exactly. Just keep fucking lifting. Thank you, lady. <laughs> yeah,
1: and before we we before yeah. we end, um, I want to plug in her GoFundMe. Um, it's titled "Help Vaughn Get Back on Her Feet and Back to Life." It is a link that is on her profile.
0: We'll put it in our show notes as well, so you could just click it and help her get along. Exactly. i appreciate that thank you so much and we extend that to you
1: too sorry uh, you have my number if you need to call us at two three in the morning wherever you are um <laughs> don't hesitate yeah i just had
2: just added two accountability partners so you guys have my number you're welcome to call me yes and you know if you're in the parking lot and somebody's like bitch why are you parking disabled right do what i do if i'm wearing pants i pull up my legs or i say to them it's none of you damn business i gotta or talk to the freaking state leave me alone <laughs> oh <laughs> thanks ladies thank you
1: <laughs> thanks for listening to disabled girls who lift don't forget to follow rate and like us on spotify
0: itunes and player fm you can also find us on instagram
2: at disabled girls who lift